I'm gonna make him an offer again. I feel the need, the need for speed. He's watched every movie more than once. He's Stephen Fennick. Go ahead, make my day. He's watched the latest Disney movies with his kids, uh, but that's about it. He's Trevor Long. You talking to me? Together, they bring you the best movies you've never seen. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Rent BioStream, the latest and greatest movies on Fetch. Watch on a big screen Hisense TV. Say hello to my little friend. The best movies you've never seen. The first rule of Fight Club is. You do not talk about Michael. With Stephen Fennick and Trevor Long. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Hello and welcome to the Best Movies You've Never Seen podcast, or otherwise known as one of the highlights of my week. Oh, there Recording it is. the movie podcast with my good mate Trevor Long. Welcome, Trev. Great to be here. Shout out to, to Bilko, who's a radio announcer on the uh, Sunshine Coast of yep. Queensland, who... This week said to me on air yeah. uh, that he's pretty much stopped listening to two blokes and he, this, is, this is his go-to. <laughs> really? There you so, go. Wow. Well, I appreciate the feedback. I'd appreciate you're also listening still to two blokes. Absolutely. Well, this, <laughs> this podcast exists because I'm the movie nerd who's seen every movie a hundred times yep. and you're the opposite of that who's never seen any movie any time. So between us, we've got this, this dynamic of us presenting movies together and this week, let me just play this before okay. I even give up the name. Now, you would have read, of course, on the podcast after <laughs> what movie that is. Well, but, but see, here's the thing. Yeah. And without getting too, too far into all the questions you normally ask me, but if that was an audio question in Millionaire, yeah. I, I wouldn't lock it in with a certainty. Really? Because I'm tipping. Millionaire-wise, they'd go, yeah. what, what is this from? And Which movie go, is this from? <clears throat> they'd say uh, E.T., Twilight Zone, oh. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and yeah. Space, Star Wars. Okay. I've so you wouldn't honest, have got that? I've got to be honest, okay. I would have locked in Twilight Zone. Really? Yeah. Twilight Zone is do-do-do-do. That's different. Yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? There's also a thing in Twilight Zone? There is. There's a famous music of Twilight well, Zone as well. how is this not? I mean, yeah. come on. But this, this is, uh, this is you well, see of course, my point though, right? Yeah, I do. I do. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, of course, we're talking about. Released in 1977. Now, you're going to give me some smart ass. How old were you in 1977? One. Okay, great. You're a teenager. I, I, watched, I wasn't a teenager, you idiot. <laughs> I did see this at the movies, which I'll describe later with the yeah. circumstances. But this was directed by our man Steven Spielberg. Yeah, big he's name. coming in hot off Jaws. Right. So remember, this is Jaws was seventy five. This was released. So he he produced. He filmed it in seventy six, seventy seven. It was released in seventy seven. Um, that was inspired by an experience from his childhood. Really. Now, do you remember in the movie? There's a scene where 
the dad comes home. He goes, quick, come on. Yeah, I'm going to show you something. Yeah. He vividly remembers his parents rushing him and his, uh, and his siblings into the car one night and drove them to an area to watch a meteor shower. Wow. So he thought the excitement of that, imagine imagine if they were imagine taking me to see something, further on. something yeah, else. Okay. Yeah. Now, he, Steven Spielberg is also credited with writing a Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Right. He's not usually a writer as such, but in what happened here, Paul Schrader wrote the original script, and Paul Schrader wrote Taxi Driver, Raging Bull. He's, he's a writer, okay? And... What happened, once Steven Spielberg got hold of it, he changed a lot of it and Schrader said, mate, take my name off it. And so there could, it couldn't be a nameless script. So Steven Spielberg put his name on it because he basically rewrote the thing. so much of it. The guy he went and made it, I don't, yeah, want, my name I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. So that seems like a bad decision in, in Well, I reckon he should have gone for the co, co-written by yeah. because a lot of the, I'm sure a lot of the stuff that was still in the movie was his idea. So anyway, wow. Spielberg claimed now that's it for himself. that's an interview that would be worth listening to. Absolutely. Like, eh? Yeah. Now, the original working title for this movie wasn't Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It was originally Watch the Skies. Wow, they, they did a good job changing <laughs> that rubbish. <laughs> All righty. Now, you had the, the mu- well, you told us you would have got the music question wrong. So yeah. what are your impressions, if any, of this movie? Nothing. Zero. I'd heard, so, I'd heard the title. Right. Uh, I would have gone with it's to do with aliens. Right. Oh, uh, so you knew that much? Okay. Well, I just get the Close Encounters thing kind of. I think it's been associated yeah. over time So with the, that. the pop culture, they're sort of being woven into our pop culture, the, yeah. the whole aliens thing with Close Encounters. Other than that, mate, I've got yeah. nothing. Like literally zero here. Okay. Yeah. Well, seeing you were only one when it came out, we might be able to forgive you for that. You can you? Oh, thanks, mate. It was nominated for eight Oscars. <laughs> yeah, it won for Best Cinematography. Okay, I get yeah. that, yeah. But the other nominations were uh, supporting actress for Melinda Dillon, you know, um, the, the Gillian who goes with him. The, the girl that goes with him. Goes with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, director for Steven Spielberg, art direction, sound, film editing, visual effects and uh-huh. musical score. Wow, okay. It didn't win any of those. It oh. only won Best Cinematography. Cinematography. So one Oscar out of eight. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, he was originally aiming to release this Spielberg in summer 1978. But apparently Columbia Pictures, who, who were the behind the studio behind yeah. the movie, they were not doing very well. They were on the verge of bankruptcy. Oh, and right. they said, we need to fast track this. We need Because they saw what he did with Jaws. They said, we want this as soon yeah, as you move can. Move it up, yeah. So he rushed it to finish in December 1977. And so, it doesn't look rushed, I'll be honest. I yeah, think that's one of well, the great things about it. But what he said, though, he did feel a little bit rushed. So what he'd right. end up doing is... Because he, he ended up putting out a special edition uh, later on. So he sort of reinserted scenes and tricked up a few things. And that's the, that's the view. That's, that's the, the version we would, would be watch seeing now. now. Right. Uh, so he did, he did get his hands back on it. But it's so still, the original yeah. cinematic release yeah. uh, would be something you've got on VHS, I'm tipping. Uh, I don't have this on VHS, but I've got the original DVD. So the original edition of this on DVD. Um, that the... Because of like the future of Columbia Pictures was riding on the success of this movie. Right? Yeah, right. And it had to be a hit. Yep. And uh, the film was made under extreme secrecy. So they had to really keep it under wraps. Uh-huh. So apparently to prevent any, any leaks uh, and anyone sneaking on the set, they were required – anyone associated with the movie had to wear an ID badge. And on one occasion – Spielberg forgot his ID badge and they wouldn't let him on wouldn't the set. He goes, mate, I'm the director. He goes, too bad, mate. You've got no ID. Oh, well, good so, on So, you him. know, you set the rules. You've got to follow them. Yeah. So there you have it. 
would have done a lot better at the box office if it wasn't for the release of another movie a few months earlier. Oh, no. Star, Star Wars. Wars. Oh, yeah. So Star Wars was still smashing it at the box office in December when this came out. And so if Star Wars hadn't have been still in its theatrical run, it was in the theatres for like two years, Star Wars, right? There was no there were no VHS tapes and streaming services back then. So I think this would have done a lot better had had uh, Star Wars been released maybe after this. But, but it, it didn't. It ended up doing okay. I did for very, them and they it didn't, did great. They didn't oh, no, it was it was a hit. It was a hit for Columbia. It was a hit for Spielberg, and uh, it, it furthered his credentials as a director. There you go. So. This is your last exit before the freeway. We're going to take a deep dive into Close Encounters of the Third Kind. If you haven't seen it before, you can catch it on Fetch. Thousands of movies, not millions, thousands of movies available on Fetch. Uh, If you've got a Fetch box, you can get them from major retailers like uh, JB Hi-Fi, the good guys, Harvey Norman, or a lot of internet providers like Aussie Broadband and others will provide them as well for you, a part of your uh, internet subscription. And it's a great way to enjoy not just movies, but TV Live TV, catch-up TV, uh, internet TV, as in pay TV. There's channels on there like the ML, uh, like ESPN, Discovery. There is some great content on Fetch. Plus, of course, all the big streaming services are right there. So it is an all-in-one entertainment box with movies at the heart, which is why they're great people to have on board here on the best movies you've ever seen. If you haven't got Fetch, check it out now. Find out all the details at fetchtv.com.au. All righty, you are still with us. Yep. And you have now seen the movie. I have seen it. So uh, what are your impressions now after your first watch? I, um, the, it's, it's a definitely a movie that you need to focus on because it's quite a, it's quite a journey. Like yeah. the story is a real journey. Like not quite till the very end, but it's a, like he, you know, his emotional roller coaster, yeah. his mental state through it in, and stuff is, is quite fascinating. It's a great role play as well. Um, I, you know what I love most about it is the visual effects of the time. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a big critic of that just because it, you know, realism is, is, is what I like. Yeah. But, you know, some of this stuff looks really good, it, like the clouds. For the, for the 70s, some of the yeah. stuff they're doing in the clouds. Yeah. Obviously the, you know, the ships coming down along the road and stuff wasn't, didn't look ultra yeah. real, but it's still too bad. pretty bloody well done. Absolutely. Um, so I, I quite enjoyed that, that part of it. I thought, the, I thought of its time it was so well made, which is why I kind of like the fact that it got a cinematography Oscar. Yeah. Was there a special effects Oscar back then? There was, yes. There was. Visual yeah, effects, yeah, yeah. Right. Interesting. Yeah, Star Wars won it that year. Oh, because yeah, yeah. that was released the same yeah, same the same calendar the year before, yeah, right? Yeah. Same calendar year, yeah. right. Okay. So yeah, um, I think that's a that's a that's a really fascinating thing about the movie for me. So, and yeah. what about you how you tweet this one? Uh, um don't confuse this with the Twilight Zone like I did. <laughs> um it, don't confuse ca- it with this. <laughs> <laughs> Close Encounters is as much a, a story about the encounter as it is the journey of those who have the encounter. Who are involved. Good call. Mm. The, uh, what because in reality, I was, yeah. I was shocked at how much or how little you know, alienness there was in it. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like that's you, right. There's only expect, very little. Yeah, like right. Two, two hour 20 or so. Two, two hours, yeah. I expected after an hour we'd be going into space or somebody thing, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but it's, a journey, it's a journey about yeah. him and his encounter. That's... Yes. That's what I, I didn't grasp beforehand. Well, I saw this in the cinema as a 10-year-old because mm. it came out in Australia. It was in the States in December 77. It didn't come to Australia till 78. So normally today they have a, a very similar launch windows, but back then you'd be waiting up to six months to see a movie yeah. released yeah. in the States. And I still remember seeing this in the theatre. I remember my parents take me along and um, being just struck by the special effects. And don't forget this is in the... 
I was still in the afterglow of Star Wars yeah. and seeing all these visual effects. I'm thinking, wow, how good are the movies? Yeah. Uh, and I've seen it regularly ever since. And, and then when the special edition, I remember thinking, wow, there's a special edition of this or we've got to see it. And there are some subtle changes and, and additions which we'll talk about. But um, the what surprised me on this watch, though, was how visual it is. And I'm, by that I mean there are, there are tracks, like large uh, sections of the movie where no one talks. No, yeah. It's just right. all things happening. Yeah? And there's no – it's all – see, Spielberg such a he's a classic show-not-tell director. He's yeah, a, right. He likes to show you stuff rather than tell you stuff. And this is a classic example. I'm of that, a fan of that style of, yeah. of movie making because in the end, I'm here to watch. Yeah. Not, not intently listen. Yeah. But oh, he's, yeah. He's such good. a visual director. We'll pick on some of the shots he did for this movie are just classic. Um, let's get into the casting call. Uh, Richard Dreyfus, who you probably recognised uh, from Jaws, mm-hmm. uh, he played Roy Neary. He was also in the Amer- uh, the Goodbye Girl and American Graffiti, which he made with George Lucas. Now, Richard Dreyfus became really interested in this project while he was still making Jaws. Right. So Spielberg was talking about it. You can imagine him and Spielberg at on lunch the set. going, oh, I've got yeah. to tell you about this thing I'm doing. So he thought, mate, he goes, I, uh, I heard that the casting's underway. I want to get involved. And he made a real effort to – had to persuade Spielberg to – Take him on again. Yeah, right. So rather than being, you know how there's the worry, like the classic thing back in the early 80s was Harrison Ford was in Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and then thinking, hang on, we're going to make him Indiana Jones as well. Mm. But he's an actor and he sort of, he took a chance on Dreyfus and he he did it. Uh, Francois Truffaut was the, played Claude Lacombe, the Frenchman. Now he, this guy... He's a director. He's a French director. Has hardly acted in his life. Hmm. Spielberg apparently really, really intimidated by this class, this great famous director that he's now having acting in his film. Yeah, and he was apparently the character of Claude Lacombe, who was played by Francois Truffaut, was based on a real life UFO, a French UFO expert named Jacques really? Vallée. Yeah, he was considered one of the greatest UFO investigators of the 20th century. Wow! So they needed. He said, "I've got to have a Frenchman." Melinda Dillon played Gillian. She was nominated for this for, for Best Supporting Actress. She was also in Absence of Malice, also nominated for Best Supporting Actor for that movie. Mm-hmm. She was also in A Christmas Story and Magnolia. Now, did you recognise Bob Balaband, who played David Laughlin, the interpreter? Yeah, yes. Uh, so here's the thing, <laughs> but and this you're going to hate this, but yeah. I... Continually got a bit confused between him and Dreyfus. I was trying right. to work out whether they whether that was the same actor with no. the beard. Like I was a bit confused okay. by it. Yeah. He was uh, where, where do I know him from? He, he played Russell Dalrymple, head of NBC on oh, Seinfeld. Of course, <laughs> I thought you would have noticed that straight away. Yeah, that's cool. Played Russell Dalrymple. Remember when they were pitching the show? Yes. Guess they've got a show about nothing. Guess what does that mean? Nothing. I don't understand. Uh, he was also in Altered States and was also uh, co-starred with Melinda Dillon. He's co-star here in Absence of Malice. Before we get to the run through, let's talk about our other great sponsor, and that is High Sense. Now, High Sense have not only great TVs, big screen TVs, but one one area worth exploring, especially when w- talking about movies like Close Encounters, you want to see them in the biggest possible way. Mm. And the way you can do that is on the Hisense Laser TV. Now, Laser TV is a short throw projector that can offer a 100-inch or a 120-inch picture. It's got the Trichroma Laser that offers an amazing 4K picture quality to bring that cinema experience to your home. Now, the, the way this works, the short throw projector sits not far from the wall. There is also an included ambient light rejecting screen 
which is built in such a way to, to reject up to 85% of outside light. So all you see is a bright, sharp picture, which you can easily watch even during the day. Now, the, the movement, it's really smooth movement for sport, games, and action movies makes the laser TV an excellent option. The L9G is the model number, and it can handle 25,000 plus hours of viewing time. One of the best home theater all-in-one solutions on the market. It also includes, of course, a built-in TV tuner so you can enjoy live TV and has, of course, Hisense's VDAR U5 smart TV operating system so you can get all, all your favorite streaming apps in on the deal as well. And on the sound side, of course, you are hearing great quality Dolby Atmos and amazing surround sound as well. So if you really want to recreate that big screen, that cinema experience in your home, the Hisense Laser TV is a way to do it. Check it out in your store or take a look at their website, hisense.com.au. Let's get into the run-through, shall we? And we start off in the desert. And we're thinking, okay, there's a sandstorm, there's a, there's these things going on. I kept, while watching People, this, I'm going... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so well yeah. shot. You feel like you're in the middle of it. I yeah, felt yeah. I was in the middle of it. And there is, a, we see these people arriving. We're thinking, and someone asks, "Are we the first? We're thinking, "What's going on?" So yeah, yeah. this build-up going on, and then the person uh, is asked, "Can you translate French to English?" And he, he says, goes, sure. "I'm a cartographer, yeah. but I mean, I can." Uh, yeah. I think what he says is, "I can understand <laughs> French, and I can repeat it in English <laughs> if that's what you mean." So he was sort of brought in as the as the translator, and they discover that there are a whole number of old planes yeah. sitting there. Beautiful. Uh, and then uh, they tell planes. them, so look, you know, go check. The, they check the numbers off the engine block and they head, uh, they head over to do just that. Tell me something. What the hell is happening here? It's flight number 19. 19 what? It's that training mission from the Naval Air Station at Fort Lauderdale. They were doing target runs on an old Hulk. Who flies crates like these anymore? No one. These planes were reported missing in 1945. Oh, so immediately you're intrigued there. Hey, thinking, hang on a minute, where do these planes come from? They hmm. were being missing since 1945. I'm going to go off early here yeah. and tell you this part of the movie <laughs> is so confusing. It's such a complex amount of effort yeah. for what is, quite frankly, a very short payoff at the end. Maybe. But the the idea uh, these planes would be missing for let's say what is it now thirty years they would have yeah. been missing for thirty years, yeah. and I like how he says oh look, they look brand new what the hell's going yeah, on yeah, here yeah. and he goes oh where is the crew where's the pilot I did like when they open up the cockpit it was it's pristine had a brand new calendar a nineteen forty five calendar they, in it they do things like they check the battery voltage and that's and, fine and the fuel level that would obviously yeah. be be down yeah, yeah. fuel yeah. full of fuel mm. so remarkable. The next bit, they, they find this old man who happened to be in the area at the time. So they're questioning, they're questioning him, and he, he saw what happened. Viejo, dígame. Sunburn? Regardez, il est brûlé, mon El sol salió anoche y me cantó. El sol. He says the sun came out last night. He says it sang to him. <laughs> he was sunburnt, remember? Yeah. Oh, this no, no. Yeah, but yeah, like, I think it was, was he half face as no, well? No, no, he just, was full. He, he was got full, full sunburnt. Full but, yeah, yeah. You know, this, this is the point where I'm going, mate, what is going on here? <laughs> 
Like, what the hell is this movie about? Well, didn't you find it was interesting? The sun came out last night and it sang, and to, it sang to him. So, so here's what I like about the script yeah. at this point is I'm yeah. going, like when on reflection now, I go, this is such, there's so many nice little yeah. subtle, you wouldn't call them Easter eggs because they're actually, pla- they're, they're yeah, made to they be They pay seen, off later, yeah. But they're little bits of information that make a bigger part of the story. Though, as I say, they're all very small parts of the overall story. The next section we see is the air traffic control in Indianapolis. Yeah. And uh, they're talking about the traffic at 2 o'clock and then one pilot reports in about seeing these bright lights. Aries 31, can you say aircraft type? Uh, negative, Senator. Uh, no distinct outline. Uh, to tell you the truth, the target is rather brilliant. That's the brightest uh, any collision lights I think I've ever seen. Alternating white to red. Colors are a little striking. Center, this is TWA 517. Traffic now looks like extra bright landing lights. I thought Aries had his landing lights on. It was at this point too where they report other aircraft are reporting the same thing, yeah. and there was one point where the, this this, this thing object just was coming straight at them because they were talking yeah. about how it was it was getting getting a lower and lower yeah. towards them. Initially, it was higher than them at like two o'clock, and now it's coming lower and lower at their level. Yeah, and eventually it went right by them. The traffic is approaching head on, ultra right, and really moving, and right by us right now. Now that was really close. Series 31 is out of 340 on the traffic pass. Ask them if they want to report officially. DWA-517, do you want to report a UFO? Over. Hmm. DWA-517, do you want to report a UFO? Over. Negative. We don't want to report. Aries 31, do you wish to report a UFO? Over. Uh, Aries 31, do you wish to file a report of any kind of it? I wouldn't know what kind of report to file, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so they said, look, no, nah, thanks. We won't, we'll avoid See, the paperwork. Uh, at this point, I'm thinking, are they just going, it sounds like too much paperwork, or are they in that space? Because I remember, even, even as a kid, there was a lot of that UFO sighting kind of stuff. It was massive in the 70s. Do you, yeah. do you, is this because they don't want the paperwork, or is it because they're like, mate, I don't want to be seen as a loon report? Possibly. You know what I mean? e- either way. Well, we find out later what happens with 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 Roy Neary, Richard Dragon's character. Absolutely. But, but yeah. like, I think that's a really interesting little, just yeah. a little part. Like, it could be written as just being, you know, yeah, yeah. Fi- couldn't be bothered. Fi- yeah. we'll, we'll file a report. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But the fact that you put a no in just makes you think about why, yeah. why Absol- they're not absolutely doing it. Absolutely right. Mm. Next thing we see, there's this country house in Muncie, Indiana, and this little boy is in bed and he's, he's surrounded by his toys and you see sort of the, the outside. This is nice like shot a of the scene outside. from Toy Story where all the yeah. toys then start coming to the life. The monkey starts playing by itself. The record player starts. Other toys start coming on. He goes downstairs. And he notices um, the fridge is open. Yeah, and he stands now, there. Yeah, there's stuff pouring out of the fridge. Yeah. He looks looks away and he sees that the kind of the, the trail of stuff has gone elsewhere. And my kids and I all went, "Oh, he's in trouble!" Like because <laughs> you imagine, I imagine at this point, Mum or Dad are going to wake up and go, "What the hell have you just done here?" Because obviously, it looks like he's yeah. standing there and he's done he's all had this a, stuff. He's done it all himself, exactly right. But the mum wakes up and she sees Barry. Here's his name, little kid. Sees him outside and he's like laughing. It's like he's sort of Playing seeing under something. A tree. And um, yeah. 
Next scene is uh, in the, the Neary household and the kid, uh, the son asks the dad for help with his homework. I love what he says. He goes, son, the reason I don't, I don't have to help you, I'm, I graduated. I don't need to do this stuff. <laughs> yeah, so thanks it for your great line. But then he asks him about <laughs> fractions. He's going, like, what's one third? He I goes, don't understand what that is. He chooses the train. He puts to it on it. a train and, and he, he's challenging the kid to determine how much the train needs to move before there's a crash. But this is a kid. Yeah. The kid's just going, I want to see it crash. <laughs> so it doesn't say a thing. And it does crash. Uh, then they, uh, the wife comes out, played by Terry Gar, by the way. She uh, says, look, you promised a movie or Goofy Golf. And they said, let's have a vote. And they vote apparently for the, for Goofy Golf. Yeah, and the best part is the dad goes, do you want to watch uh, a really cool movie? Yeah. Um, da, 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 or do you want to stand in long? I think long, Pinocchio was long, the... Yeah, Pinocchio. Yeah. Long, boring cues uh, and, and, <laughs> and, and, and get, get no score. And they go, golf! Golf! <laughs> <laughs> See, but, what, and he, but again, here's what I like about that. Yeah. That is a totally relatable moment. Yeah, Don't I you bet, think? I bet. Like that's, I love kid, those did moments. Did you like the kid in the in the cot or something just banging the, the whole scene, the kid's banging yeah. the doll? And it's not until the very end that Dad goes, goes, stop, stop it! it. Yeah. But I, see, that whole is moment. That, are you saying, you're saying that the long household? Pretty much. Like, right? That whole moment is irrelevant to the movie. Yeah. This, these well, just the, sort of paints a picture of family life. These, yeah. But these are the points about filmmaking that yeah. I now understand so much more is yeah. you don't write a story, you write a story and then you fill in, you um, have characters you in explain yeah. things, you you build a character. And I love that about that Absolutely. because he's a little bit focused on, uh, he's, he's a focused dad yeah. and she's very clearly the you know housekeeping mum. Absolutely right. But we sort of find out a little bit about him because we know what he does because he gets a little phone call. Hello, Terry. Get in your truck and report to Line M, Mary Tan and Milano. We're losing power across the grid. Has the outage hit you yet? Mary? Hooray! Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Mary? Mary? So they're, they're losing. The next shot shows a McDonald's fully lit up and then, go, and then going, just yeah. goes And up. then the whole city block by block. Yeah. yeah. So you're thinking, what's doing here? The mother is meanwhile back out searching for Barry with, with the a little torch. torch. Yeah. Um, Roy gets in his truck. Now, this is a famous little sequence here. No, no talking, no words oh, yeah, at all. Yeah. This is a very famous sequence where he gets up, and I love, I love this when he stopped at a crossing and he's looking at a map. Remember this? And a car, uh, lights come up behind him, and he, go, and he just waves them around, yeah. and they go around him. But then he's still looking at the map, and then another set of lights come up behind him, and he waves them as well. But the lights actually rise up and fly over him. <laughs> So it looks like headlights, but it's actually a UFO yeah, that was behind yeah, him, yeah. which I thought was fascinating. But then what happens, his car suddenly sort of like weightlessness. All the stuff starts flying around. His torch goes out. Everything goes shuts yeah. down. So it's obvious that the effect of a UFO near something, it, it shuts down our electricity. Yeah. force of some sort. shuts yep. down the electricity. And then I loved it when he's looking at the, there's like a row of post boxes rattling really widely and the, the sign shaking and all of that. Um, and I love it when the, the UFO goes and then he, it, everything comes back the on. Torch scares him. He goes, ah! super He's bright. Yeah, scares yeah. himself with everything as well. And did you notice too, when the, after everything restarts again, that his truck's driving and there's a massive shadow goes over goes mm. over the truck. Yeah, that was um, that was added for the special edition. That little bit there. Um. But for the scene where the truck appears to go weightless, um, the truck was put on a turntable. And rotated 360 degrees to give it that weightless. So the camera was fixed in the car. They put it on a turntable and twisted it around, rotated it 360 degrees so everything would go flying. So, but because the camera was in the same position as in the car, mm. it looked like it was just happening on its own. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. 
Uh, meanwhile, uh, the, the, on the on the road, you see little the little, little Barry moved up the hill here. Cute as um, hell, this kid, by the way. He is, yeah. By the way, this, this kid's got to be three, maybe a bit older, maybe four. Yeah, not much. Yeah, um, good little actor. And I've got to tell yeah. you, yeah. For, mate, can you imagine? Obviously, off camera, someone's going, "Okay, yeah. do this, do this role," and then he does it. But yeah. it, I thought, what a great, yeah. like the vis- the face. Yeah, it was a the, kid, the looks. Yeah. I, like it was a, a great job. performance by it a was. toddler. Um, so yeah, he's on the road, and you see, did, did you see the man whistling on the side of the road? Did yeah. he he's just sort of like he's waiting for something? Yeah. So he's obviously been seeing things as well. Mother comes up the hill, and then um, Roy's truck comes over the hill, and, and she, she runs jumps and saves, in and saves him. him. Yeah. She thinks, holy hell! Uh, he gets out of his truck, checks it, he's okay, and then she notices that half his face is sunburned. Because remember when he looked out the truck, he sort of looked up at the bright light, and that that's what sunburned him. Uh, and then uh, there's a police car sort of chasing up the hill as well. Meanwhile, at the toll booth, this was funny here, the toll booth, the guy's waiting there to collect his quarter. Hey, you got to pay a quarter. <laughs> he goes, hang on, that's Wyoming. You owe me 25 cents. And the <laughs> UFO's rushing through. Uh, the, the police are, are chasing them as well. But then we see the power come back on. So yeah. the power's back again. Um Next thing, he's back at home, yeah. and he's. This is the bit this where is this, the, is the, this is the Spielberg, Spielberg moment. The moment where he says, she says to him, "Look," he says to her, "You really need to see something." You know the pictures in the National Geographic about the aurora boreas. This is better than that. This is really. Come on, come on, Ronnie, get up. Come on. Oh, Roy, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. I don't know if anything's wrong. Get up. Get, I'm not kidding. Come on, come is that on. an accident? No, it, it's not an accident. Okay. You wanted to get out of the house anyway, right? Well, not at four o'clock in the morning. Ronnie. I need you to see something with me. It's really important. So he's uh, mm. eventually rounds him up and gets him in the wakes up the kids, gets him in the truck. I mean, she notices he's sunburned. Then. Yes, this yeah. is the point where she goes, "Mate, what's happening here?" Yeah. And then he says, "Look, I'm going to take you to the place that he saw something." Next scene, cut to the desert. Yeah. Now this is the UN trucks. They see there's. This, I love again how. These people on camels were on camels, sort yeah. of approaching the camera, and they're sort of looking up at something. You think, what are they looking at? Then the next thing you see, these UN trucks are flying over and, the dune. And you're thinking, what? What's the hurry here? And helicopters. And the helicopters. And you're thinking, what are they looking at here? See, I thought they were going to the planes. Yeah, well, that's what I thought too. First time I saw it, I'm thinking, what? What are they looking at? Why? Yeah. And why they're in the desert again? Another yes. desert. And uh, we find out though that it's actually a ship in the middle of the desert. I know. I don't believe it. You're I don't in. believe it. It's the coat of boxing. Why is it here? It beats the shit out of me. <laughs> See, the planes, if you're these guys, right, yeah. you're clearly investigating strange appearances of things now you've worked that out. Um, planes, okay, you could fly them, land them, da da. This is a ship in the middle of the desert. Clearly, no idea. How, how did we get there? This yeah. becomes the big, hang on a minute, what the hell's yeah. going on? Well, the coat of Paxi. That was they that they were in the Gobi Desert, by the way. That's an actual tramp steamer that went missing in the Bermuda Triangle. Right. So that's what the significance of that is: is that it went Which missing. Which is also and now the found insinuation, correct, of, of the of the whole yes, thing. Yes, it went missing in December 1925. Yep. And uh, the flight nine, remember the the flight 19's fi, fly uh, five planes. Yeah. 
they were found in the Sonora Desert also disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle. So that's never explained to us, is it? No. That should be there should be a line in the script saying these are the ships that this ship went missing 30 40 years ago in the Bermuda True. Triangle. Yeah, yeah. Same with the playing, yes, these were missing since 1945 in the Bermuda Triangle. Well, I'm going to jump way to the yeah. end here and say this is what I mean about these scenes being yeah. insignificant is you could have just shown the pilots walking off the ship at the end and go, oh, my Maybe. God, they're from the they're, yeah. they're from the five planes that were missing in the Bermuda Triangle. Maybe. And you could have yeah. saved 15, 20 minutes of this whole movie. Possibly. Do, do you know well, what I'm no, saying? I, I love the build-up, like, like, like build though, because he's building intrigue. You're thinking, what, what is, is this, though, this guy we're seeing? We're seeing the lights in the sky. I'm these telling ships you right are turning now, up everywhere. I'm confused as hell right now. Okay. Because not... I don't know whether we're in modern day, present day, past yeah, it's day. Pre present day. I know, it but said it, that but at the start. It, yeah, it, day. I know it says that, but yeah. you see that after 16 viewings, mate. When you yeah, watch maybe. it once, yeah. those little okay. captions, I don't know what's going on okay. right now. Okay. So I don't, I'm still unaware as to whether what we're seeing with the family who've just seen this yeah. situation and the kid go missing is <laughs> actually in the same time frame as this desert stuff going on. I am so confused. Yeah, it is in the same time frame. For those who don't know, by the way, the Bermuda Triangle is the in the it's the zone in the Atlantic Ocean. The three vertices of the Bermuda Triangle are Florida, the island of Puerto Rico, and the islands of Bermuda. That's what they call the Bermuda Triangle. Best to avoid that joint. Lots of strange uh, missing uh, disappearances in that area of boats and planes. Yeah. So, yeah, fly around it if you have to. Uh, next up, we see the, I think this is Roy's wife, cutting out stories, UFO yeah. clippings. And um, the kid, I love this bit where the kids are sneaking up with an old, how old is that camera really with the flash? Old. Yes. And they're sneaking up to dad and he's apparently washing his teeth. They slap him and he turns around, with his, you know, but, it's like, but he he knew that was going to happen. Yeah, he yeah, played yeah. to it, you know, I know he did, which yeah. was cool. He did. He had a bit of fun. Mum's more angry than him. Yeah, but he sees in the mirror the extent of his sunburn. He's hmm. thinking, holy. But now hell. he's also got shaving cream. He's mucking around with. Yeah. Him. He says to the wife, does this, does, "What does this look like to you?" He starts shaping it. Can I ask you a question? What? Are they for real? That's what for. No, they are not for real. I want you to go outside and have a hot dog. Okay. Mom, you don't tell him that. Roy, look, don't talk about this until you know what you're talking about, okay? Honey, that's crazy. If I can't talk about it, then how am I going to know what's going on? What? Mom, I believe in him. I believe in him, too. Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. No, he does not. Do you, Roy? Ronnie, all I want to do is, is, is know what's going on. Fickle. Now, we cut now to Dar Masala. In northern India. Mm -hmm. And here, the Frenchmen have arrived, but we hear the crowd chanting as well. Now, did you notice that they were also had a microphone? They were recording them as they were walking along. Yeah. There was a microphone yeah. there. So the, they start talking to the leader. There's a guy on top of the hill. This is another great shot in the movie, one of my favourites, when he asks them, where did these sounds come from? Mm. And then you see coming into the frame all the hands pointing, just fingers point pointing up. up to the yep. sky. So I'm thinking, what, what, that's a typical Spielberg shot where you see that sort of come into frame. It's really good. 
Uh, next up, we're in an auditorium and they're playing the recordings yes. that they that they harvested. It's a big reel-to-reel machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're a bit of an audio audio file sort of from the seventies, this is a good trip down there's memory some lane. Stuff there, there's some microphones in here. There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> the Frenchman speaking, and uh, he shares this Indian breakthrough, and yeah. he hands out a thing called the Zoltan Kodali Visual Learning Aid, which is the hand signals. And so at the end of it, remember, they, they went through each of the notes to uh, that they heard in, in India. Yes. And then they ended up playing them on the, on the organ. <laughs> now, that five-note melody hmm. was a, an arrangement that John Williams and Steven Spielberg both liked. There were so many different options. Of course. They, they, they yeah. had hundreds of different permutations. And they thought, oh, no, I like that one. And they both liked it as well. That's why it became nice. the, the end result. Uh, back at the lookout, Roy is loading up his camera. There's a lot of people there waiting to see. Gillian, uh, who Barry's mum, catches up with Roy and she he goes, oh, how's Barry? Is he okay? And then she notices, they notice that they're both sunburned. They've got the same sunburn. Mm. Um but then uh, she he she looks at he looks there at Barry building a little sandcastle on top yes. of the hill, and he notices that that little shape. I know it sounds crazy, but ever since yesterday on the road, I've been seeing this shape: shaving cream, pillows. And- so we find out that later that she's been doing the same thing. Yeah. But in this part, did you like it when the lights are approaching? You think, oh, here we go. Yeah, here we go again. Although I'll be honest, I picked pretty early that they were, it was not yeah. the UFOs. They were not. Oh, UFOs, I picked pretty early. This was this was going to be helicopters. Well, and what what was significant with this too is, apart from the disappointment, is that Roy noticed that the the force of the choppers above was making the sign next to him shake and him thinking, oh, that maybe that was what I saw before, hmm. not so a UFO. Yeah, so right. thinking, yeah, yeah. is it real? What am I seeing here? So that was uh, that was a little bit odd. Then they're at a deep space station, the Goldstone Space Telescope, and mm. they're talking <clears throat> about uh, the signals that they're receiving. Here are the patterns. We just received two 15-minute broadcasts. Are these non-random signals? 104 rapid pulses. After a five-second interval, 40 pulses. Another five-second break and 30 pulses. 60 seconds of silence and then an entirely new set of numbers. 40, break 5, 36, break 5, 10. 104 rapid pulses. Lord. Wait 60 seconds and the whole doggone thing repeats. So the numbers were 104, mm. 44, 30. Then the other group of numbers was 40. 36 and 10. And then old Balaban, a.k.a. Mr. Dalripple, he chimes in as well. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Before I got paid to uh, speak French, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I used to read maps. This first number is a longitude. Uh, yeah. Two sets of three numbers, degrees, minutes, and seconds. And the first number has three digits, and the last two were below 60. Obviously, it's not in right ascension and declination on the sky. These have to be Earth coordinates. Now, that little bit there that he said at the end, I now understand 
from my astrophotography. Mm. Declination and right ascension is mm. what you use in astrophotography, in astrophotography. to locate a still sky object. in the sky, yeah. So he said, no, that's not that. These are coordinates on Earth. On Earth, yeah. And so what they did, they said, we need a, we need a map. And they remember they grabbed that massive globe. Huge globe. They went and got a globe. It's a $2,500 globe. And they roll it out and <laughs> took it somewhere else as well. And then he says, it's Wyoming. We need a survey map of Wyoming. Uh. Now, what I love next was that little Barry's playing a little tune on his xylophone as well. <laughs> Good job, eh? He's playing. Do you know? Could you do that on the? I could have worked it out. Yeah, yeah. I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> and the rustling in the background is the mum. The mum's drawing. Yeah. The devil's tail. So she's she's mm. scrawling the same shape. Now, storm clouds are approaching here, mm. right? Now, Barry looks out the window and what not it funny what he says? He's smiling and did you hear what he says here? No. He says, toys, uh. right? Now, you, read, you know why he said that? For that scene, to look out the window and he spotted the UFOs, Spielberg was out the front with a little with toy the car <laughs> to get the reaction. Yeah. He said, I'm smiling, he has toys. <laughs> and he kept it in. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. So the lights are in the clouds and things. She are, locks things everything. Are, everything's she's, moving around in the house. She's locking doors. Yeah. There's a point where the light comes through the chimney and, and it's like, well, hey, yeah. how like you're screwed, love. Lock that. But yeah. I didn't realize. Comes through the keyhole. The, the chimney has a bloody uh, like a lock a, a, a shoot to shoot. Well, yeah, shoot. Which cover. she reaches in and, yeah. and, and and pulls off. So. Unbelievable. But then all the all the appliances and everything starts moving around. Now, apparently, according to Melinda Dillon, the actress, that was done without rehearsal. So the scene in the kitchen where everything's flying all around the place, yeah. her reaction is tr is real. She was wow. scared. She didn't know what the hell was going on. So they captured that reaction. Um, so that was sort of that spontaneity that got that performance out of her. Wow. TV comes on. The bright lights are outside. Barry crawls. He's like this where he crawls out the crawl. She's and got she him by the legs. She's trying to hold him and, he, and off he goes. I don't know yeah. how she didn't get him there. Well, she goes outside and then she sees the lights in the cloud sort of retreating. She's thinking, yeah. oh, my God. He's, He's gone. gone. Yeah. Back at the police station, Gillian's there. She's being questioned by. She's obviously going to report this. She's yep. being questioned by the press. Roy's there. Yeah. Roy's obviously to, wants to talk. Remember, he told his wife, he goes, "I need to talk about this." Yes. So he's there as well, coincidentally. But then they have the next thing they said. There's a little press briefing, I love and this, uh, this is where uh, one of one of the guys gets this up and starts so explaining. So well written and so well done. This is a flying saucer. It's made of pewter, made in Japan, and thrown across the lawn by one of my children. <laughs> I just wanted to point that out to you to show that we're not all polished brass about these things. And also to make a point that last year, Americans shot more than 7 billion photographs at a record of $6.6 .6 billion for film equipment and processing. Now, with all those shutters clicking, where is the indisputable photographic evidence? Which brings up That's a, a very point. good point for today. Yeah, I've often said, people say, well, I wonder if UFOs are... And yeah. my answer is everyone in the world nearly has a camera. Yeah. And a high-quality camera at that. Yeah. So if there are UFOs and as common sightings as what they, yeah. they said back then... Why hasn't someone got a cracking video because or photo? Is, is it in this or is it in this where the, where someone says, "Mate, there's 
plane crashes and bus yeah, crashes yeah. all the time and we don't have video of them either. Yeah. Well, we do now, you know? Yeah. So in a modern-day world, yeah. it's harder to believe the UFO story than ever before. You think today, mm. like remember he said that people were sending, taking billions of photos at a cost of billions of dollars. Yeah. Well, it cost you nothing now to take a photo. Yeah. So, yeah. But then uh, Roy interrupts and uh, wants some answers. Excuse me, sir. Uh, I didn't want to see this. I sure wish I had. You know, for 15 years, I've been looking for these damn silly lights in the night sky. I've never found any. I'd like to, because I believe in life elsewhere. Why don't you guys just admit that the Air Force is conducting secret tests in the foothills area? It would be easy to say yes to that. But I'm not going to mislead you. This is not the case. To tell you the truth, I don't know what you saw. You can't fool us by agreeing with us. Good point, eh? Mm. He, so rather than covering stuff up, they're thinking, we don't know what it is either. Yeah. Search us. We don't know what's doing. And did you like the headline here, Cosmic Kidnapping, which is about the little kid? Now, the, here's an interesting little part where this little special team arrives. They're all dressed up in their red jumpsuits, right? Mm. And you don't know who these people are. They got, hop on a bus. Very weird. The, 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 the name, you know, the destination on the front of the bus, they go, it scrolls to Charter. And in the background, they're talking about Wyoming and they say they're working out a way, a story to get people to leave. All right? So buses and trucks rolling out uh, and, we, they're, they're, and then, the, the then idea all, is to... All, all the trucks end up having like a circus-looking uh, yeah. uh, paraphernalia on them. So I assumed, in my head when this, this scene happened... I assume they'd agreed that they'd put a big circus on in town and that's how they'd get everyone get out. Get everyone out. Like, but that's that, legit that, what I thought was that, happening. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. right. I'm but like, no. what did you come up with here? Well, sort of, you're meant to, and I reckon it could have been a bit better explained. You're meant to think from there, okay, they're going to go to Wyoming. They've got to get everyone the hell out of Wyoming or this area and to do what they need to do. That, that could have been explained so, a little yeah, bit cleaner. It, it's obviously yeah. explained more in, 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 in a, a couple in of a, scenes bit, later. But yeah, yeah. That moment is not really understood. And back at Roy's house, this is where he has uh, he overindulges in this the mashed bit potato. This makes me hungry every time I see it. I love mashed potato. He gets potato. his mashed potato and uh, his wife sees him carving it up, puts even more on his plate. But, you know, he doesn't notice that they're all looking at him. Mm. And and the really poignant sort of point of the scene where his son is next to him and he's seeing what his dad's what's happened to his dad mm. and he just cries. He's just crying yeah. silently in the background. Yeah. That was sort of a bit I sad. I think it's a really see. poignant moment because yeah. you, basically this is the movie, the story of a man who you know is overcome by something yeah. and essentially loses, happening. Yeah. loses his mind to it yeah. and his kids, young kids, witness it happening to him and it would be sad. And then he's in his, I think what I'm assuming is his man cave. And he's, no, he's, I don't think it is. I think it's That's the where the trains are, where the trains were. I know, but it's in the. It's basically next to the kitchen. Like it's all. Yeah. Okay. Like, well, where, where the trains were before. Yeah, remember? I know. It's he's wild. sort of built this clay model now. In the of middle his of his tower. train set, he's now got this yeah. clay model. And he's throwing clay at it. Um, but then what he does, he, he puts, he, he goes out of his house. And starts bringing crap into his house. Yeah. Remember, he starts bringing the plants and bricks and everything She's through like, the. What are you doing? And he, I think the the, the scene cuts then to him. He's, he's behind a locked door, I think, which is the bathroom. Yeah. And the wife's saying, "Look, let it, let me. You know what the hell are you doing here? Get out of she there now." She picks the lock. Yeah. And then he's in the bath and uh, trying to. I think under the under the shower. I don't think I know what's happening to me. So I don't know what's happening to me. Yeah, he yeah. says. So she. And this is thinking, when he really loses it. 
Yeah, like, but, but, is... but don't you reckon the wife's reaction to this is, you're going crazy, we're going, we're leaving. But then he sort of – he pulls himself together enough to – uh, get stuff from the outside and continue on his mission of building this thing, this well, vision yeah, in his so head. I think what happens though is, you know, he falls asleep, but then he wakes up and he starts coming to his senses just yep. for a moment, yeah. just for a moment. And he starts ripping down the UFO articles. He's yep. like, it's, it's okay, honey. It's, it's yeah. done. Yeah. I'm over it. But then it hits him again. <laughs> but then he hits, grabs the plants and, and throws and, the bricks oh, through the window. This is a wild What about when the garbage truck comes by and he grabs the garbage truck, tips it out, tips out the garbage and Half grabs what he it. needs out of the yeah, garbage yeah, yeah. and runs back inside. And, but the best, the best part about this mental situation is <laughs> it's all coming in through the kitchen window and a ladder. There's a big frigging glass sliding yeah. door around the corner. <laughs> but he's throwing yeah. everything in. Like I can tell you right now, yeah. If I opened our kitchen window and threw a pot plant in the kitchen, yeah. my wife would leave. One yeah. pot plant. Yeah, that's what uh, this she bloke's, doing. Yeah. This bloke's thrown five yeah. pot plants and a bunch of other things, and the wife is still hysterically trying to deal with it. Did like, you like how the son, his son, son helps patients. Yeah, His son comes up and throws a brick, throws a brick in as yeah. well. He, by the way, Remember he, he takes the neighbour's He picks up like nine bricks in one go. Yeah. But he's, the neighbour, I think the woman next door, who's the real busybody, hmm. she grabs he grabs her chicken fence, yes, or chicken the wire, chicken wire yeah. fence. Around a duck And she, she points the hairdryer at him saying, get away from me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so she, and, what and she does, does, she's end out. Up leaving. Yeah, she leaves with the kids. Now, his living room, the whole thing is taken over by his creation. This is carving. now enormous. And a great shot here where the TV's in the foreground. It's frustrating as yeah. hell, isn't it? And then he's in the background and you see this thing flash up on the because, TV. Because, but before you do that, what's yeah. interesting about this, it's a long, it's quite a long setup. Yes. It's like two minutes of He's talking to his thing. wife on the phone. He's the on time. the phone. The yeah. TV's there. He turns the TV at one point. Um, Days of Our Lives yeah. comes on. There's a bunch of different things that come on and then... They the, cut to then you start seeing the live, Devil's Tower. A live report. Devil's Tower of Wyoming was the first national monument erected in this country by Theodore Roosevelt in 1915. Thousands of civilian refugees are fleeing the area, spurred on by rumors that the seven tanker cars that overturned at Wakashi Needle Junction were filled to capacity with GM nerve gas. In just a few minutes, we're going to be... By an annual surge, close to 400,000 so what you can hear in the background is Gillian seeing the same thing. Yes. So she's been surrounded by paintings and drawings. As so, a first-time viewer, yeah, though, she's, not, she's, not as, she's not as much of a sculptor as uh, you, Dreyfus. But. You're screaming at the TV at this point. <laughs> because Look at he's, he's, not, he's on the phone of his wife. Uh, he's not looking at it. And there's, I reckon they've, they've purposely done this to the point where it's, I think it's the third time he comes near the TV yeah. that he finally – because you're like, oh, my God, look again. Because yeah. I'm wondering, is he going to miss this? Yeah. Like, full on. Well, get this, though. When she sees the image on TV mm. – Originally in the script, she wasn't supposed to go to Wyoming. Right. So Spielberg decided, well, we have to get her out there. She wants to go find her son. Yeah. Right. So what they did, they had to, um, they decided it was better to show her that she'd traveled out there. So what they had to do, they had to build like a whole set for her uh, of a New Mexico style motel room that was built on the, on the soundstage. So that it could be, to, given the fact that she's rather remaining in a house, she's actually left to go find her son. So they had to hastily build this set. Right. Next thing we see, Roy is driving 
heading to Wyoming, trying to work out the map. Did you like this bit? He's holding up the map, then he suddenly takes it down. There's all this traffic in front of him. Whoa. Yeah. So um, he he's basically moving traffic. the wrong way on the road. Everyone Everyone's else leaving. is leaving town because there's a nerve. We now know. There, there, there's a nerve gas leak, allegedly. Yes, yes. That's how they've determined to get rid of the town. Get out. So everyone, both lanes of the road are dedicated to exiting traffic. Yeah. He's trying to drive between them. The cops are saying, no, he has to turn around. Yeah. So uh, he, he does see, though, uh, in he does get into town. There's crowds of people trying to leave town. But then he bumps into Gillian. Yeah. Remember, they, they see each other. They meet. They have a hug. She jumps in the car with him. They said, look, what's the plan? Let's drive across country. Now, what they've got is a little canary in a cage. Yeah. Typical, you know, the mine, what they do in the mines, they take a canary. If there's a gas yep. problem, the canary's the oxygen, dead, yep. you get out. Um, they come to a barbed wire fence. And here's, again, another great Spielberg shot. They come to this point where camera's on them, following them from behind. and then They have to walk up a bloody... They walk up a big, like an embankment. <coughs> that's and been constructed for them, by the way. It's not prob- natural. Probably. And then what you see, bang, this sweeping shot of Devil's Tower, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is brilliantly done. That's a typical that's signature Spielberg right, right there. Um, so they're th- asking each other, is this for real? They're seeing dead cattle on the side of the road and they've put on gas masks and they suddenly come around a corner. They're blocked by cars and vans mm. and taken into custody. Now, next thing we see is Roy is kind of being questioned by in a in a little room. It's like he's a he's like he's committed a crime. He's yeah, sort that's of, right. You know, like a police interview. He asks where Gillian is, and they're asking him about. Look, have you got any irritations? Have you got any allergies? And he says, "Who are you people?" And this is the they, line. They then ask it's him. It's partially enough to satisfy Stephen. Monsieur Neri, please, one more question. N'avez-vous pas fait récemment une rencontre? Have you recently had a close encounter? Yes. Une rencontre plutôt inhabituelle. A close encounter with something very unusual. Who are you people? <laughs> Monsieur Neri, s'il vous plaît, regardez bien les visages de ces gens, de ces hommes et de ces femmes, et puis dites-moi si vous les connaissez, ou alors sont-ils These des étrangers pour vous? To you? Yeah, except for her. Et vous êtes cru obligé, allez-vous, de venir ici? And the two of you felt uh, compelled to be here? Yeah, you might say that. Because Pelier vous trouvez. But what did you expect to find? An answer. His face when he says, Have you recently had a close encounter? is so good. Mm. He's because he, he it's that face of someone who knows they're onto something but yeah. doesn't want to give it all away. But then he gave me says, Who oh, are you people? Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but he gets frustrated though. He wants to know what's going on. Is that all you're you're gonna ask me? Well, I got a couple of thousand goddamn questions, you know? <laughs> I want to speak to someone in charge. I want a lot to complaint. You have no right to make people crazy. You think I investigate every Walter Cronkite story there is, huh? If this is just nerve gas, how come I know everything in such detail? I've never been here before. How come I know so much? What the hell is going on around here? Who the hell are you people? So he's getting frustrated here. And he's led away with what I think are the remnants of the population. Remember, they're in a truck. They put him yeah, in a truck. Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to ship him out. Um, but then cut back to the camp where the Frenchman's talking to one of the other generals as well. Il s'agit d'un petit groupe de gens. This is a small group of people qui ont eu la même vision en même temps. Who have shared a vision in common. Yeah. Look. Great scene where they lift up the window, you see Devil's Tower it's outside, still a and they show the pictures. Why they are here? Mm. Even they do not know why. See, what's cool here is um, 
so Roy and the others are now in a they're not in the van now they're in a helicopter mm. ready to be taken away they're all wearing gas masks and the like yep but the Frenchman is he's on to something here he detects something with these people so yeah. he's going to the military guy no no wait we need to work out what's going on here yeah. these people aren't normal some of them obviously brought their drawings with them because he had them and he goes yeah. hang on a minute why would they all have these things so yeah. he's fighting for it yeah he actually looks out the window at one point uh, to to see the helicopter and it's still closed doesn't realise. Mm. That old mate's already got away. Yes, like he well, doesn't so realise what's happening on the other side of the chopper. So Roy and the others have sort of headed off. They they're running yeah. towards Devil's Tower. That's right. A couple they, of them they take do, the gas mask off and they, go. Yeah. The, the air's fine. And they do realise though in the camp what they need to do. Yes, sir. I'll have the rest of them off the mountain in one hour. Major, I want you to use infrared and get me a photo analysis of the northern face. Yes, sir. It's already been ordered. Major Walsh, listen, I don't like to do this. We're in enough trouble with these cattlemen already. But if you can't get these folks off the mountain and out of the area by 20 hundred hours, start dusting with EZ-4. Qu'est-ce que c'est? What EZ-4? It's a sleep aerosol. Same stuff that we use with a livestock. Comes out of riot control. So they're going to... Dust them with the sleep agent. Yes, to, to stop them. I love that he says we're in enough trouble with the cattlemen already. You know, <laughs> they already think like Yellowstone. They already think we've we've uh, you know had a tanker uh, 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 yeah. lose nerve gas exactly, and now they're going to hear about this bloody sleep agent as well. Oh yeah. man! Uh, so Roy is climbing up the hill, and the army's climbing after him. They're trying to make their way to the top, trying not to be spotted also by the choppers. Yeah. Now, here's where they were talking about the infrared uh, shot of the North Face. So the helicopters are already dusting to get rid of some of the escapees. Yeah. Um, Roy, though, still struggling up the hill, but he climbs down. He realises he comes into this amphitheatre filled with all this gear. Yeah. And then the announcement is, you know, take your positions. This is not a drill. Yeah. And they start seeing these lights approaching and forming a pattern Above Devil's Tower. What were you thinking at this point? Uh, uh, this is um, where it's all coming to a head. You know, right? now it looks like a little UFO airport. So yeah, <laughs> this is like. Well, hang on, they're they're, they're calling them. Yeah, um, but it doesn't really make sense as to how. So the lead up to this is these this French bloke and this yeah. other dude, the translator guy, have determined its coordinates. They realise this is where they want to meet, and they've met here. Yep. Um, They've only days earlier started to get rid of the population. It's only for a short space of time. Yet they've built what looks to be a mini airport on one side of the – like it's all a little yeah. – There's this a is, bit of gear there. I don't know how much time has passed. This, yeah. It's not really explained well. Yeah. Because it looks like it it's looks been like there it's for been a, a very long time. Yeah, yeah, it's been a little while. It looks like even more than a week. So yeah. this is You're where right. I struggle with a bit of the movie. I'm like, hang on a minute. How have they only just discovered the coordinates of this joint yeah. and then set off this nerve gas rubbish? And yeah. do you know what I, I mean? It's just all come together a bit too quickly. There needs to be a sort of a passage of time explanation. I reckon yeah. it's been a week or two. Because we're about to see them start yeah. playing with the theme. Well, we don't know where was, where was this is Wyoming. So they're coming from Indiana, was it? Muncie, Indiana. Yeah, so know. that's how far is that? That's, that's, that's a, a drive. That's a great question. That's a drive. So meanwhile, though, the, the little UFOs are lined up in front of them. They're playing that tune note by note. They speed it up. UFOs fly away. Yep. And so what do we see? We see surrounding Devil's Tower all these clouds approaching. So you're thinking... This is what I mean by the, the, by the visual effects. I thought yeah. they did a really good job the of that. The clouds, yeah, was fantastic. They it's see an 18-hour drive from Muncie into Indiana. Okay, well, so it took a few days. Then I couldn't have done that in one hit. Mm. Um, so they're seeing the smaller craft incoming, one right above them. For some reason, Roy and Gillian have a moment here. 
They have a little they kiss. Do, yeah, yeah. Little, yeah. They sort of think they, the emotion. Well, they're drawn the, together by one. Yeah, there's the emotion, emotion connecting them. The emotion uh, took hold of them. Uh, they're playing the tune again, but they hear this rumbling sound yeah. and this massive ship rises up. This is what impressed me. Imagine seeing this in the theatre as a 10-year-old, right? I'm oh, thinking, yeah, oh, wild, my God. Wild. So this thing rises up above the tower and then flips over. Did yeah. you notice that? Yeah. So it just went, whoopski. It and just then, went then over. And then kind of lands. Yeah. And so what they're trying to do, it, it descends to ground level. I like how they put all their glasses on. Um, Gillian heads down to see Roy. But they're trying to respond to the music as well. Shatters the glass. Like it's... Solid tuba. So it's just I'd ran- like to know who's playing it's random- the tuba. <laughs> it's randomly- a solid role in a, yeah, in a movie for absolutely, a tuba Absolutely, yeah. It's just randomly so you playing think, oh, Here's the, the other tuba. thing I'm thinking right yeah. now. Okay. You've, you've, so you've this big ship's arrived. You've got this jingle. And you're just going to play it back to the, like what if that's a, a signal of war? What are you doing? Well, no, they found out that that's kind of the that's how they communicated with the people in India, and that's how yes, but that's what they keep sending down. Should we yeah. be sending the same thing back up? I'm not know. sure these people should be in charge of communicating <laughs> with aliens. Well, anyway, the UFO's there. The door opens on the bottom. Yeah, and who does appear? Uh, the the abduct- missing abducted pilots appear. From 1945. And this is what I mean by delete all the desert scenes. So just hear me out for a minute. You need that point of reference. Hear me out for a minute. Yeah. Delete all those scenes. Okay. Right? And then compact the movie in and and you add five minutes here where they they talk to these guys. Like, who are you? And they go, we're the pilots of whatever. And they go, oh, my God, that was 30 years ago. The pilots of the planes that you found in the first scene. Yeah, but it could be described in two minutes. You need that at the start. I think it was a complete callback. Waste of it, time. No, what you see in the first scene pays itself off now. It's the payoff. No, waste of time. Because remember they ask at the start, where are the pilots? Waste of time. No, they say, where are the pilots? Here are the pilots. and they're All t- we need to know right now is that this big spaceship is yeah. where the, all the abducted humans are being have been held. Yeah. That's all we need to For know right now. For 30 years. For apparently 30 years. Yeah, unless they've been in some sort of – because they don't look like they've Space-time continuum. So they've, they don't have they've an age. clearly been abducted and brought to the future. Maybe. Which is a whole other area of yeah, unpackedness. Because they look, as they look young. again. Yeah. Delete the scenes with the thing and yeah, unpack no, this part of keep it. You've got to keep that bit. No, you don't. And I like how they they got their names and they're ticking them off. They go, oh, that's that guy. That's that guy. They're ticking yeah. the names off. As it's like a little roll call. Yeah, but they've got this whole board with people's yeah. names and photos on it. At what point did they even think? Like they've obviously thought all along that these were abductions. Maybe. maybe. Are they like? Yeah, there's a lot of questions. Yeah, but then other abducted people appear, including. Little Barry. Yeah, Baz. Little Baz is Baz there. comes running out. Mum Runs to his mum. Happy days. But get this right. The doors close again yep. and the lights start moving. But then the door reopens and then this weird alien comes out with the really long arms and legs. Is yeah, this dude? strange stuff. Um, and then more. Did you like how like, he was kind of like the master or the leader? But then all these other all the aliens appear that appear to be like little kids. Yeah, it's like little... Willy Wonka and the Oompa Loompas. <laughs> it's just like that. But then again, 
You see, remember the bunch of red suits? They yeah, got on the, the red bus? suits. So the red suits must be, from my interpretation, they're the ones who volunteered to get on board and head off with them. Yeah. But and then you see they've Roy. They've recruited Roy. They've Roy. Said, they asked him a couple of questions yeah. about his health, yep. and they took him away gave him a red suit. He's suited up. He's in red. Uh, they grab his arm, lead him in. I like how he gets there. They grab his arm. One of the aliens grab his arm and lead him in, the little aliens, yeah. and lead him inside. Um, the French dude walks up to the alien, does the hand signal, and he responds. The alien responds Mate, as well. How, but the, the French dude made up the hand signal. Well, it's All a they've heard thing. is, yeah, is yeah. beeping. Maybe, and how's the, how's the alien meant to understand the hand signal? They're very intelligent. Mate. They're very intelligent. There's a lot of holes in this story. Uh, but you know what? Then it's time to go. Uh, door closes. And the door shuts and whew, I'll see you later. End of movie. So you're thinking, whoa, what's happened here? Mate, now, is there a part two? No. What? There is not. But Spielberg only, you know, the big mothership? Yes. He only knew what it would look like while he was filming. So he didn't really, he didn't have it in his in his head. I don't think that bit of the movie had he hadn't done the special effects yet. Mm. So he said it had to be big, it had to be dark. And when he was filming in India months later, he drove past a giant oil refinery, and he said, "I want the top of the ship to look like that, big lights and pipes and stuff like that." So remember how it looked like yeah, a yeah. looked like an oil refinery at the top. That's where he got the idea for that. But uh, yeah, he thought it has to be brightly lit and has to be massive, and that was it. Now let's talk. Let's hear some lines. Uh, here are some couple of good ones. Where I think early on, remember when he says, "Look, come, we need to take you to this place," and she uh, she responds this way. Don't you think I'm taking this really well? <laughs> I remember when we used to come to places like this just to look at each other. I thought that was a good, good line call. too. Good call. It's a good line. Yeah. Don't you think I'm taking this well? Yeah. Because in all honesty, <laughs> she was taking it real well. Pretty good. Um, I love this when they show him the picture of Devil's Tower. Okay, yeah, I got one just like in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good that line. That was pretty cool. That is a very good line. And uh, this is another comment when the aliens arrive yeah. uh, and the, the pilots appear not to have aged a second. Einstein was right. Einstein was probably one of them. <laughs> there you go. Now, how did that happen, mate? A few little plot holes here. Well, the whole movie's a plot Come hole, on, mate. be honest. All right, all right. It's an alien movie. When when Roy sticks his head out of the out of the truck uh, at the railroad tracks, yeah. looking up at the at the extremely bright light out of his window, uh, the right side of his face is closer to the light, yeah. but he's burnt on the left side of his face. Like, come on, yeah, get that right. How do you muck that up? Yeah, um, the coordinates received by the scientists, which was forty degrees, thirty six minutes. You're going to tell me they're not north. even Devil's Tower? No. 104. Why would they do that? 104, 44 minutes, 30 seconds west. You know what? They didn't realise we'd have Google at some point. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. They aren't even close to Devil's Tower. I the, worked that out in 10 minutes. The coordinates are a farm paddock 200 yards east of Highway 85, halfway between the towns of Pierce and Alt in Colorado. And I'm guessing that yeah. joint is a <laughs> tourist mecca. Uh, maybe. Oh, well, Devil's well, Tower. Devil's Tower. Shit. No, yeah, I, yeah. I'd go to the farm paddock. Where the, the actual coordinates yes. were. No, Devil's Tower, mate. You, you wouldn't go, go to Devil's the Tower. farm paddock? Yeah, maybe not. I'd go Are to you De- kidding? I'd go to Devil's Tower first. I think it's far more interesting to go yeah. to the farm paddock. The actual and go, spot. Yeah, and go, right, this right. is where they should have come. <laughs> Did you also notice the newspaper headline which said cosmic kidnapping did you notice kidnapping was spelt with one P? I did not notice. It was. Uh, I noticed it straight you away. You are a narc for that kind Ki- of thing. This is not now. Apparently, in the seventies, this is not a misspelling. It was a oh. common variant 
in uh, in some publications in Americans the Americans do struggle with spelling, yeah, let's with be honest. with one P, kidnapping. Mm. They spell colour without Kid- a U. Kidnapping instead of kidnapping. Things you might not know, mate. Pretty much all of it. The studio heads were uh, against the abduction of the kid by the aliens. Oh. They thought, yeah, that might be a bit too horrific for the audiences and especially it involves a small child. Yeah. Uh, as a result, they filmed alternate scene in which Gillian saves Barry from leaving, from being carried away. Oh. Um, and they agreed and filmed the scene, but it went unused. They thought, no, we're sticking with him being abducted. They would have gone into screenings and stuff yeah, and seen that stuck, no one they really stuck with it, yeah. ran out. Yeah, right. Get this right. Steven Spielberg ran some tests for his uh, special effects using computer-generated imagery. So CGI was at its very earliest forms uh, and he said he decided not to go with it. It didn't look believable. He said, that's rubbish. <laughs> so well, I mean, it was at the time. At the time, probably right. So he went with a miniature as well. Um, Francois Truffaut, the Frenchman, his English wasn't crash hot, as you could tell. Uh, to get through some, he did speak English in some scenes and what he did, he actually stuck pieces of paper on the other actor in English so he could, so it would help him with his dialogue. Right. So um, you can tell there's a scene where he argues face-to-face with an army officer. Army he's officer's back to the camera and he's reading his lines off a card pinned to the man's chest. <laughs> Did you notice, if you look very closely... Okay. <laughs> I can tell you I didn't. Okay, if you look very closely on the uh, part of the large spacecraft that flies over Devil's Tower, mm. there's an upside-down R2-D2. What? On there from Star Wars, yeah. Honestly. The special effects people said they needed more detail and they added items including R2-D2 and the shark from Jaws, Jesus Christ. if you look really closely. Uh, when Roy's wife is backing out of the driveway, do you remember this bit? Yeah, yeah. And if you look at the house, you'll notice that on top of the house there is like a yeah, platform. Yeah, there's a platform that's been yeah. built, yes. That's a deleted scene where he was sort of trying to watch from his own house. What's uh, going on? I, did, I, they, I just assumed yeah. it was crazy talk from Crazy Man. They, deleted, they deleted that scene. Now, it did, you know what? Yeah. Well deleted because it just yeah. it made sense to me. Absolutely. I looked at it and went, this bloke's a lunatic. <laughs> now, did you notice though as well? Uh, well, you wouldn't have noticed this because this was in the theatrical cut and I don't think it makes the um, special edition. Carl Weathers, a.k.a. Apollo Creed, a.k.a. Uh, Dylan from uh, Predator, mm. was a, an extra. He oh, was really? a military policeman who was at the, uh, at the train station listed. He was listed in the credits at the end of the movie, but really? didn't make the, he was in the original theatrical re- uh, release, not the special edition. There you go. That is Close Encounters, mate. What's your wrap-up and rating? <laughs> Careful here. I know, I know you weren't. A, this wasn't your most favourite. Mate, it's movie. a six out of ten for me. Six, all right. Okay, yeah. I didn't enjoy it. It's well, okay. Mine's I'm an eight, mine's an eight five. Eight point five. Straight up with you. Okay. All right. Oh, there's a story there that I loved. Yeah. But there was just too much yeah. else, and it just friggin' ends. Well, they just fly away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. All right, yeah. mate. Well, what yeah. happens? What, what's he doing? Well, Barry's safe. Like, he comes home. To delete his all the d- d- desert stuff. <laughs> And you then, need that. And then, no, you, you don't. Do. You can explain that in it. five minutes. All right. And then have some army official go and catch up with Roy's wife and say, listen, uh, everything he saw, everything he said was real. Yep. He, he's now uh, yeah. on a special mission. Well, my, and my, his service well, to this country will never be forgotten or something like that. It does get better with viewing, right? It does get better. You understand it. Uh, it better. won't you for pick me because I won't watch it again. Okay. <laughs> it's an 8.5 for me, but my question is, 
Roy flies off with the aliens. Yeah. Like what happened? His wife and kids are left behind. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, what, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, loose ends. The, yeah, the, too many. But but Roy, I think, he's sort of become to a point where he's just become so totally too drawn many to assumptions, too many loose ends, maybe, and a yeah. little bit that didn't need to be done. I would love to have read the original script by Paul Schrader. Whether the bits mm. that Spielberg cut out could have been left in, you know, I'd love to see that original script. You know what I reckon? What's I reckon that? Schrader didn't write all the desert rubbish, <laughs> and he's gone. This How is rubbish. Move that. on. We well, I'm, that's that. what I'm subjecting. All right. Are you ready to talk about next week? <laughs> Am I? Next week we're watching No Country for Old Men. Wow, great movie released okay. in 2007, starring Javier Javier Bardem. Javier, uh, Josh Brolin, mm. and Tommy Lee Jones, <laughs> Tommy directed. Jones. By Joel and Ethan Cohen. Okay. Your millionaire question is, mm. this movie was based on a novel. Mm-hmm. Who wrote the novel? Jesus Christ. A, is it Cormac McCarthy? B, John Steinbeck? C, Stephen King? Or D, John Grisham? I've only heard of the last two. <laughs> I'm going to go Grisham. Bam, wrong. Had to it be was uh, Cormac two. McCarthy. Knew it wrote this, yeah, Cormac, Cormac McCarthy. He's written a, a number of good good books. Before, before, interesting story about what's it called? No country for no old country men. For old men. Yeah. We're sitting on a plane on yeah. the way to America. Yeah, and Flipsy's <laughs> sitting next to me, and I'm watching <laughs> iPad stuff, and he goes, "You should watch that." It was No Country for Old Men. What a coincidence! Now here's here's the reason yeah. I need to rewatch this movie because I watched it. And I'm going, this makes no sense. And you I missed paused, the start. I yeah. paused it for the for the meal service, and it turns out oh, for some reason the thing started halfway through. What? And then I tried to go back and watch the start. So I'm going to sit down and watch it okay. properly. Well, yeah. I, I heard that story when we were in Vegas. Yeah. And I said to Flips, I said, you're not going to believe it. I showed him my list. I yes. said, look what is next. He goes, no way. Yeah. And so that, what a coincidence. Unbelievable. So you kind of seen I've it. Seen, I, I, I've You've got seen some glimpses premise. of it, but yeah. you haven't seen the start to finish. I need to watch the start to finish. Absolutely. Well, that, right. I look forward to chatting, chatting about that next week. But uh, that was Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Or as Trevor might call it, close encounters of yeah, the never, also, never again. Kind. What are the first and second? <laughs> well, first and second are close encounters of the third kind is an actual contact. This was in your last millionaire question, mate. The first close encounters of the first kind is a sighting. Uh, but second, that's not explained here. Yeah, well, it isn't. And the second kind is evidence. Third kind is contact. Are you with me though? It's that not was your question. In the movie. Remember that was your question. No, I don't remember. It's not explained. It was like two months ago. Yeah. It's, not, it's not explained in the movie. I'm telling yeah. you. Okay. Well, don't you if, think that's a flaw? Yeah. Oh, oh look, oh, there's a lot of things that you could in change and improve I think on this Spiel- movie. I think Spielberg regrets it. Yeah, Just but uh, and don't forget, this is what you saw is the special edition. Yeah. So yeah. the theatrical release of this was probably had more holes in it than this. Oh, really? Yeah. So. Like I said, I don't. I this is a movie that grows on you that you that you learn more about. Okay. There's so many little references and things you pick up. Yeah, uh, and that that was the case of this this view for me as well. There were a couple of little things I picked up also, but uh, yeah, it's it's Spielberg, mate. It's classic seventy sci fi. It's it's just one of those movies that reminds me of my childhood yeah. and that I like to relive every now and again, as I have here with you. Right. So Trev, next week, no country for old men, but we hope you enjoyed Close Encounters. Of the third kind. (laughs) You mean... I think I did okay. Yeah, not bad. I'll, I'll pass that one. Let's talk to you next week. See you, mate.